Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the uh, AJ's uh, election podcast series. Uh, about a month ago, we, we talked with primary candidates. Now we're sitting down with candidates running for uh, municipal spots, uh, uh, which aren't very many. The only competitive races are for District 1 and for mayor. And so right now we're speaking with Juan Chattis, uh, council member for District 1. Councilman, how are you? Thank you, Matt. I'm doing great. Very good. And early voting starts April 23rd. April 23rd. And then election day is May 5th. May 5th. The early vote is May 23rd through, I'm sorry, April 23rd through May 1st. Okay, very good. And it feels like you just ran. <laughs> that was just barely two years ago. Time goes by really quick when you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. But well, you you ran for the first time during a special election. Special election. And then, yeah, so only a two-year term, and now you're back two at Two-year term. I was the uh, newbie on the block. Mm -hmm. Now I've got two years under my belt. It's been a great experience. Yeah. Uh, the city council, my, my peers, we've got a great camaraderie going on. I don't know if you've heard. It, it's it's all so enjoyable, of, and again because of the the, the relationship we struck with each other. Mm -hmm. Disagreements, of course, but they're amicable disagreements. At the end of council, we're hugging and shaking hands, and let's go for tomorrow. Yeah. No grudges being being held. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely there definitely isn't as much um, bickering as people may be used to up That's there on the, the council. That's the word I've heard before. <laughs> you don't hear it. You don't hear the word bickering with this council. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we're all friends. Yeah. And, and I pride myself in being a part of this uh, relationship. Uh, uh, the, 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 the friendship that we have struck, they brought me in with open arms. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, if there's any questions I have, I feel very, very assured that when I go and converse with, with a city council person, that I'll be getting some good information. Mm -hmm. Because being the, 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 the new kid on the block, never been in politics, you've got to go and ask people questions. Yeah. And who better than somebody that's been there for eight, 12 years? Yeah, absolutely. But that's not, just, not to say disagreements don't happen because, of course, well, of disagreements course. are a good thing. And, yes, you know, that's that dialogue. People, yeah, exactly. Open dialogue. Yeah. Friendly dialogue. Yeah. And again, no, no name calling, no yelling, no screaming, no threats. Mm -hmm. It's just a great, great relationship. Yeah. Any highlights you can specifically think of from your first two years? And, and I know, oh. you know, you keep, if you don't mind me saying, I mean, you keep pretty, pretty much to yourself. You know, I, I'm always, <laughs> I, think, I feel like I've kind of come to you for a few times looking for story ideas and you say, oh no, that's really probably not for the public or talking There's, about your kind of neighborhood revitalization efforts. The neighborhood revitalization right now, uh, Kent Hans is, Trying to, it's a, there's a proposal out there mm -hmm. for a tax, housing tax credit that he's applied for. I'm referring to the Guadalupe Villas. Uh, it started off as an apartment complex. Now it's switched over to a senior assisted living or senior living. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a 9% tax credit. So roughly around $1.1, $1.2 million tax credit. There's three other organizations, so three other building builders that are there are four. I'm sorry, four other builders that are applying for that same yeah. tax credit. Of the four, only one builder will get the tax credit, and who gets it? Uh, when, well, the council. Oh, let me back up a little bit. It was brought to the council for for the council to endorse one of the builders. We, the council, decided. You know what? Let's endorse all, at that point it was seven, mm -hmm. so let's endorse all seven. And let the state figure this one out, because it's, it's called the Texas House 
Oh, Texas Commission on Housing and Community Development, I believe. Is okay. Texas okay. Department of Housing and Community Affairs. Okay. So yeah, so they're all applying for this, yes, that, taxing that, credit. That, that and, tax credit. And it came to the council originally for a zoning change, and those yeah. were some pretty heated council meetings. It was, it was heated. The uh, Guadalupe neighborhood came out in force, and I'm very proud of it. I live in that neighborhood. Uh, my, my, my grandparents were one of the first settlers in that neighborhood. Uh, the house or the property where I now reside has been in the family since about 1918, 1920. Okay. So they were one of the first uh, Hispanics people to live there. And as you know, it's a bit predominantly an Hispanic neighborhood. Very, very cohesive. And uh, for the council meeting, I think there was probably, I, I throwing a number out there, I think there was probably around 50 people from the neighborhood that voiced their concern about a multifamily residence. Mm -hmm. They want single family residence. I have no control over whether it's multifamily or single family. It, it was a vote for zone change. My vote was no based on community input. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I voted twice on that and my vote was no. Uh, my council person, Sheila Patterson-Harris, voted no also. So we lost the vote five to two. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that seemed like a tough vote, you know, thinking back on it. Um, the NELCDC comes to mind with tough votes in the past couple that, years. That was um, a tough vote. Yeah. I, again, had to vote no against funding. And uh, it, it was a tough decision to make. And and when I when I ran for city council, no uh, nobody told me how difficult it would be. There was no job description. And I knew what I was getting into. I didn't go into it blindly. But when you see some disparities... Uh, with Nell CDC East versus North, and and I don't like to say that it, it it's not a, con a contest, but the the my my friend Sheila Patterson Harris calls the interstate the Berlin Wall of yeah. Lubbock, yeah, and which separates the North and East, and the disparity was that a lot of money was being spent on the North on the East side versus the North side, and uh, I I asked Miss Monique the executive director for 13 years no money has been spent west of the interstate and I asked what are the boundaries the executive director didn't know what the boundaries were yeah you know and I'm thinking you know if I'm if I'm running a program I should at least know what the boundaries are mm -hmm. and and again it was a tough decision to make I voted no and the vote was five to two to not fund the organization. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, if, I'm, I'm sure you're aware, I'm, I'm, I'm for development in the communities. I'm for mm -hmm. cleaning up the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I started my campaign two years ago, clean up the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. We're still cleaning up the neighborhoods. We've had clean uh, cleaning initiatives in, in different neighborhoods. Yeah. The most recent was the O.L. Slayton Bean area. Seven tons of debris were picked up. Really. 170, yeah. I think roughly 175 citations for code violations. I'm thinking around 40, 50 cars that were junked were tagged. Remove them. Yeah. I mean, 
And so I've seen those code exercises taking place. I think that's kind of a, a monthly exercise now is that. We're is working that, on that. Yeah. And, that's, and, and I know you ran on that a few years ago. And I want to kind of talk about your efforts in that with the neighborhood cleanup because um, absentee landlords you have talked about multiple times. Again, code enforcement and just you know, beautifying these neighborhoods and making sure they're clean and, you know, talk a bit about some of your efforts because my understanding is that you're fielding personal phone calls all the time in this regard. These cleanups are, are neighborhood initiated. If I get a phone call from Matt Dotre because his neighbor down the street has neglected his yard or her yard, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be, my question is, well, Matt, did you speak to this neighbor? Did you speak to your neighbor? Why, why is the house in the disarray? Why are the yard, why is the yard not being mowed? Maybe it's an elderly lady, an elderly gentleman. Physically, they can't do it. Well, how about Matt, you, they're your neighbors. Yeah. How about being a good neighbor, the, it, it, starting the good neighbor policy? Yeah, yeah. How about you go check it out? There is, there's, there's circumstances. Now there's circumstances to where it's just plain outright neglect. Mm. I have an issue with it. Codes has an issue with it. We address it. Uh, and, and, and again, that's something I said I would do. This is an, a non-ending task. I wish I could say we've cleaned into all the neighborhoods in, in, in District 1. My job's complete. <laughs> it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's been houses that have been demoed. It, it takes a lot of time to, de to, to demo a house, but it's done. Uh, houses that are boarded up, abandoned, illegal activity happens there, be it drugs, prostitution, sex trade. The call comes from the neighbor down the street. Are you aware? I apologize, there's 43,000 people in my district. I can't patrol every single residence I believe it's around 15,000 houses mm -hmm. or homes, residential homes in my district. Yeah, nor should you. you I, know, I, I, I can't. You know, <laughs> yeah. there, there, there's big, not, not, not to diminish the importance, but it's impossible for me to patrol 15,000 homes. Absolutely. I'm relying on the neighborhood associations, the neighbors down the street to pick up that phone and call me up, hey Juan, mm -hmm. there's something going on here, are you aware? And I'm not proud to say, no, I'm not, but I am now. I'll get back to you in two, three, four days, yeah. and I'll give you an update. Yeah. And typically the update is, we're aware, it's been taken care of, there's been sightings already done, or citations have been written up, they continue to be written up, and they're being handled. We are aware, thank you for your help. Mm -hmm. And is that, do you kind of consider that a role as a, as a council person, as kind of the middleman between maybe the residents in code enforcement or residents in the police department? I mean, is there a lot of, is that kind of where you find yourself sometimes? I find myself as the intermediary, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Uh, I get the call. I can't ignore it. Mr. Ramirez down the street called. Do I say, well, it's, it's insignificant? No, I can't do that. It, it, it may sound trivial, but to Mr. Ramirez down the street, he's concerned, seriously concerned, enough to give me a phone call. So yes, I handle it. I'll call whichever department's in charge of it, and we will get some resolve eventually. It depends how serious the problem is. Mm -hmm. But there's no such thing as, as the problem's too small. Let somebody else take care of it. That's not how we approach it. Yeah. We answer every phone call. As a matter of fact, my business card from the city has my personal telephone number on it. 
When I said I'm accessible, I was serious about that. Mm-hmm. I get phone calls from people in the neighborhoods. Hey, can we're holding a coffee, a little luncheon here this afternoon? Can you come? Uh, well, I want to, but my, my, this evening's busy. I, I don't have time. Let's schedule it for a day or two later. I'll be there. I'll bring the coffee, the donuts, or whatever needs to be brought. And sometimes it's just a simple conversation. Yeah. That people have questions. Hey, well, yeah, let's let's. That's what it takes. You need to. I call it, let's get control of our neighborhoods. Let's get control of our streets. Let's make it safe. I feel very comfortable when I call the chief. And I'll tell him, hey, chief, we're having a problem. This is the problem we're having. What do you think? He said, it's on the radar already. Okay. We are already aware of it. We're, 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 we're legals on it. And I'll call or text the person that put in the fall, initiated the call, just to reassure them. Hey, we're doing it. We're on top of it. The police department knows it, be it codes or whatever department is in charge of that issue. I'm in constant communication with all the departments. And, and, and when I speak to the departments, I, I make it very clear. I'm not here to micromanage your department. You're doing a good job. I just want to make sure that you know this is happening in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. This is the address. This is the concern. You know, I, I get phone calls about abandoned homes in the middle of the night I'm sorry I don't get the call in the middle of the night <laughs> it, it may be late mm-hmm. but they're, they're telling the conversation is there's there's crack pipes being lit at this house number and the house has been boarded up for months and they're, they're, they're using it as a crack house we can see the cigarette lighters lighting up at 2, 3 in the morning well phone call goes in emails go to whoever needs to be in charge of it and it gets take it will get taken care of, mm-hmm. and if it means de- demolishing a house, flatten it out, it takes a longer process, but it does happen. Uh, if your front yard or backyard is being used as a junkyard, we're going to get you. And Coach Department is right on top of it. Yeah. And do you think you know it's made a difference the past couple years? Because you said you don't want to micromanage, but in a way, it is. Looking at individual cases, you it's, know, it is kind of this micro level aspect of neighborhood cleanup. Yeah, you know? and, and, and again, it's initiated by the neighbor making the call to me, me making the call to codes, legal department, the police department, mm-hmm. whomever I need to call. Has it made a difference? Heck yeah, it's made a big difference. I'll drive down the neighborhoods and I'll see, you know what, there was a problem here when I came into office two years ago. That problem's not there anymore. Yeah. There was illegal activity going on at this address. It's not happening anymore. And not only do I see it, I get the, I received the phone call from the person that initiated the phone call. And they'll say, Juan, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing out there. It's, it's appreciated. And that's all I'm telling people. Give me the phone call. You know, I, I want them to call and develop a relationship with the department also. My, my conversation with them is call codes department. Write down who you spoke with, jot down the, 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 the time you spoke with them, get a commitment. This will be resolved or we'll take care of it in two, three, four days or whatever. Well, in three or four days, you call back and you ask for the same person that you spoke with before. And you ask them again politely, you know, you said four days, nothing's happened, what, what's the situation? And there's typically a good reason for it. And Again, I asked them, get a commitment. Is it going to be another week? 
okay, let's say it takes another week. It call them back in another week. And it, did it get resolved? Ah, well, it didn't get resolved. Okay, the third phone call, that comes to me. I want to know because I'm going to ask you, who did you speak with? When did you speak with them? I want, I want the neighbors to take responsibility for their neighborhood. Yeah. And, and 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 I and I continue to and it's it's a preach it's a, it's a it's preaching and that's what it is it's a testimonial if you don't take care of your neighborhood you don't take care of your streets they get out of control it's a lot harder more and more difficult to get that control back don't let it get to the point to where you've got to call the police get it when it's just beginning to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and it is happening, and, and I'm very, very, I'm, I'm elated because people are being proactive instead of reactive, but there's, there's still some reactive, it, it's got to be. I mean, when you drive down the streets and you see washers, dryers, lawnmowers, abandoned cars on the front property or even in the back, but it's, of course it's more visual or visible if they're in the front yard. Well, I wouldn't want something like that next door to my house. Make the phone call. Mm-hmm. Let's fix it. Let's find out. There may be some extenuating circumstances, but let's find out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, District 1 is a very unique district in the sense that there's these, you know, neighborhoods in North Lubbock, and then it also includes downtown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Talk about kind of the downtown needs and what you've kind of, because you also kind of have to be an advocate for the small business community. The downtown is thriving. And by that, I mean, there's hotels coming up. There's buildings that are being converted to condos. It's, it's, it's invigorating. Uh, the South Plains College right now, we're in negotiations with South Plains College to move into this downtown city hall. Did you imagine that that's uh, roughly, I think, around 2,000 students daily in the downtown district, revitalizing the downtown? Imagine what it's going to do to the restaurants. It'll have a ripple effect, absolutely. It will. That's a great effect. Uh, 2020, it's going to be a good year for Lubbock. A lot of unveilings are going to be happening in 2020. Mm -hmm. Buddy Holly Center, you've got the Citizens Tower. Hotels that are being built right across from Wells Fargo. There's the downtown is thriving And and I may have to accept some responsibility because a lot of people aren't aware of it But the newspapers covered it the City Council has covered it There's a lot happening Uh, Go further north the Regis Park Mm -hmm. huge development. Yeah 280 some odd acres 3,000 people K through 12 uh, an arena that's going to be desperately needed in 2020. That's going to be, uh, I believe it's like an 8,000 seating capacity. Mm-hmm. What, perf- what more perfect time. And it's something that's been needed to revitalize the North and East Lubbock. Right there by the airport. This is huge. And, and, and again, North and East Lubbock, will, will, that, that's a, that's, I, I call it the catalyst for that area. And, and credit's got to be given to the Monsanto project that started. You know, the, the largest process, cotton processing plant in the country, in Lubbock. Again, that's a, that's, a, that, that's a shot in the arm for the north side of Lubbock. Hopefully, the, in 2020, when, when 
it's, it's proposed that the school and the arena will be completed. And it's, it's a long-term project where the, the developers were saying maybe 10, 15 years before the, the, the development is completed. That's a long time. I may not be around to see it. But I want people to, understand, to, to know, hey, Councilman Chinas, when he was here, he was part of this development that revitalized the north and east quadrant of the, this, this beautiful city. Yeah. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. This yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things are happening. And, and I do have to ask you, because I always felt like this was kind of a head scratcher, but I mean, we talk about Monsanto and everything that's going on. I mean, if I recall, you voted against that annexation for Monsanto, and that I've never quite understood. No, I did not vote against the annexation. Oh, okay. You I, voted it. When it came for the tax credit. Over oh, the tax credit. Yes. Oh, okay. No, I would okay. never vote against something like this. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, because it it's made yeah a big no, impact. No. Yeah, in your no, district. No, absolutely. And, and, and I just needed to clarify that. Okay, absolutely. Because so when Monsanto came in, I don't think I think I, w- I probably wasn't even in office when that vote happened. Oh, okay. So but it wasn't that. Credit. Okay, my yeah. apologies. Okay, no, no, yeah, it's I was okay. completely wrong. Just okay. <laughs> but and I it, well, and I want to talk about your opponent for a second. He seems to be really. I think his base or what he's going after is kind of this business community support. You know, even just looking at his campaign contributions, it's a lot of people that live outside the district, but they may be, you know, they may have a a business owner. They may be a business owner downtown or elsewhere. It's really kind of he's going after that support. You know, is that, you know, do do you think... Do you think you've done enough to help the business community? And do you think he kind of understands the residential needs in District 1? At, at this point, I don't know what he understands. You know, since he's not here to defend himself, I, I choose to take the high road because if I say something, it will be uncontested. I don't think that's good politics. Uh, have I done enough to support the business in downtown? I want to say yes, because Mr. McDougal himself has supported our campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've had conversations with uh, David Langston, ex-mayor. Mm-hmm. He's on board with our campaign. Uh, George McMahon, developer, he's on board with our campaign. And I think just based on that alone, I would say the answer to your question would be yes. I'm very, very well uh, aware of what's needed in the neighborhood. I live in the neighborhood. You know, uh, I live in a small little, I guess, maybe a thousand square foot home. Again, that was built by my grandparents. Have I lost contact? I, I don't think so. You know, I could have lived anywhere in the city of Lubbock when I retired. I chose to come back to the neighborhood Barrio Guadalupe, where I grew up. All my friends live there. We're a lot older and a lot, little bit plumper and more gray-headed, and some of us don't even have hair anymore. But I never lost sight of where I came from and where I'm headed. I'm headed to make a difference, to continue making a difference. That's, that's our mission. And, and, and hopefully the people will see the difference we've made yeah. and will come out and vote for us, support our camp, continue supporting our campaign. Uh, if you look at my, I guess the majority of my campaign contributors, they're the people from down the street. Big businesses? No. I mentioned some big business people, but my campaign is being 
sponsored or endorsed by the people next door. Grandma, grandpa on a fixed income writing a $30 check. You know, they're, they're on a fixed income. They're, that 30 bucks can't be made up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They've got to wait for that check to come in week, two, three, four weeks later. And, and, and I'm humbled and really honored by the fact that they're supporting our campaign. They must see something there because I did it two years ago and you know what, they're, they're here helping our campaign again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I extend the thank you to everyone that's helped our campaign, continue to help our campaign. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's humbling when people come out and endorse your campaign. And, and again, I've got to continue saying it, it's, it's people on fixed incomes. And that, that, that's humbling. Mm-hmm. That, that tells me, obviously, you're doing something right. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here pulling monies out of their pocket. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, again, sorry, one more question about your opponent. I mean, he's being supported by kind of that fiscal watchdog group, and a lot of his campaign is about, uh, you know, city spending and tightening the belt. Um, I mean, can you... Can you point out specific departments or areas where the city does need to tighten its belts or, you know, for the most part, do you, f- you know, stand by the city budget that was passed last I year? S- or I, I, I've got to stand by the city budget. Yeah. We passed that city budget. We're trying to pay cash whenever possible. Biggest expenses, uh, and, and, and again, we got to get the water from 40, 50, 100 miles away from here. A lot of that expense is getting that pipeline from point A to point B, because when you open up that water faucet, your everyday citizen doesn't stop to think, well, where did this water come from? Yeah. How did this water get cleaned up? Uh, you look down South Texas, a city where I came from, Corpus Christi, boil the water before you drink it. There was the last incident where they said, don't touch the water. We don't, we, don't, we don't do that, you know, but we just take it for granted, open up the faucet, drink the water, and they good. Yeah. But somebody's got to pay for it. Somebody's got to pay for that, what was it, eight-foot water line? Something like that, yeah. I mean, you drive a car through <laughs> it or a truck. <laughs> yeah. How, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, that doesn't come free. Somebody's got to bear the cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you and, know, they say the, our debt is in the billions. Again, the majority of that debt is getting the water from point A to point B. Yeah, it's, it's that Wake Allen Henry project and yes. the pipelines. And I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's costly. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I could wave a magic wand and say, hey, we don't need to do that anymore. Let's block this pipeline and let's dig a, I don't know, 300-foot water well. You can't, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not feasible. Yeah. It, there's, there's not an easy solution for it. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, again, we're trying to pay cash when it is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then paying cash more often. I know that was more with so. the street maintenance and the and the vehicle debt. And yeah, that's of course that's been a focus of the city council. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're, we're trying yeah, to. Yeah. So we talked about you know neighborhoods and downtown. Any other specific issues going on in District One? Uh, we've got uh, the substations. We didn't mention the substations. Yeah, that's, right. that's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a growing city. I left Lubbock thirty four years ago. And it was 150,000 people. We're up, we've already broken 250. And being a central police station has outlived its purpose. You know, we need to put substations throughout the city. 
right now we're looking at three areas for starters and 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 i've always said hey we need them and i continue to say we need them i endorse them i voted for it it's a growing city growing cities growing problems crime rate we're, we're in a growing city that's unfortunate but crime goes with growth yeah we've got to continue battling this this growth i'm sorry the the, the crime we've got to continue battling it uh chief stevens he and his uh, police force sheriff kelly i mean every, every kelly Rowe, everybody's doing their job you know uh, and, and kudos i mean these these gentlemen and ladies on the police force they get in their cars they don't know if they're coming back tonight now hey they've got a family they've got children they're providing a service to 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 secure our streets secure our neighborhoods uh and and the message to the people out there that are calling the police department be a little understanding when you make the phone call the phone call is made and 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 they want instant response it it doesn't happen that way i'm afraid to i'm, I'm sorry to say it's done in a tree uh, tree eyes you understand what that mm -hmm. is do we go to a house that's playing loud music versus investigating this shooting or this traffic accident well that loud music's gonna be it's not going to be high priority but but the chief and his staff are doing a great job out mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. something i i should have mentioned earlier but i definitely want to talk about is payday loans of course that was one of that was a, that feels like a long time ago now that was yes. I mean, you were newly elected, and that was a big, big endeavor on your part. It didn't pass. Um, is that something that you could that you see coming up again if you oh, were yes, reelected? It, yeah, it, no. it, it did not go away. It just mm -hmm. went to sleep for a little bit. Okay. Uh, we lost the battle. We didn't lose the war. From there came a brainstorm, and I've got to congratulate Citibank. We got together, and we've done some... Uh, financial literacy classes. We've done six of them at Maggie Trejo. Uh, we just conclude. We just finished one at May Simmons. Uh, here in May, we're holding another one. Uh, it, it will be at uh, Maggie Trejo. Uh, hombres nobles, noble men. They, so they they put in the call. They said, "Hey, why don't we do a financial literacy class for fifth graders? Brilliant idea." let's start teaching financial literacy, financial responsibility at an early age. The value of a dollar. Johnny receives, I don't know, let's say $10 a week or, or whatever. He needs to understand the value of that dollar he received. Is he being taught the value of that dollar? So this is, this is what's being done in May. Uh, will I revisit the payday loan? I probably will. This is something I, I, I don't want to see people being taken advantage of, being preyed upon mm -hmm. because, unfortunately, you don't have the money. Desperate people make desperate decisions. Mm -hmm. People are being incarcerated for theft by check. Bigger problem. People are losing their cars for these title loans. Now, how do you get to work? Now, the stories go on and on. I It has... has has it gotten any better? No. It'll get better when these payday loan, title loan people close up their doors and move away. That's when that battle will be won. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know when I will be. It, it's it's going to be probably a few more months. It's going to entitle. It's going to require a lot more work. I jumped into this. I don't want to say blindfolded. I saw what it, the need was. There were a lot of people that came up 
to help me yeah. fight this battle. Mm -hmm. And and I told him that we will continue this battle. And hopefully, uh, maybe this coming election, after this election ends, we'll revisit and see what what paths we can continue mm -hmm. to take. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alongside uh, your race on the ballot will be the <clears throat> vote on whether or not to abandon the uh, Coliseum Auditorium. Can I get your thoughts on that? You know, you grew up here. You probably have some <laughs> nostalgia as well. Councilman Griffith always talks about. I've, I've got some great memories, yeah. great concerts, great basketball games that I that I got to see. Man, I I can't see spending or losing six hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. I see it as a business venture. If you're a businessman and you're losing $633,000 a year, how long do you keep that business afloat? And, and I, 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 don't, I, I can't support keeping the doors open at the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. I can't, with, with all honest sincerity. We, we can't continue to lose this money. You know, how long do we continue losing this money? Mm -hmm. I mean, why hasn't something been done prior to this council? We're calling this council the fixers. We're fixing a lot of problems that, have, that, that we inherited. Not to cast blame, the problem's there. We need to address it. My, I say no, we, we don't keep doors open. Do we dump another 20, 25 million to fix what we've got? without any guarantees that people will continue. I, I believe right now rental, we're at about $200,000, $250,000 rental. Well, after we collect that money, we're still losing $633,000. Yeah. So if we dump $20 million, $25 million into it, there's no guarantee that people will come. You know, it, it, would, would the public indoors a $25 million bond issue? Because again, that 25 million has got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that money in my back pocket. <laughs> you know, would the, would the community endorse it? I don't see that happening. Yet we've got private money saying that they were, are going to build an 8,000 seat arena. Mm -hmm. So why put 23 million into a project when somebody's saying we're going to build it for free? We've got an arena, or the, the United Spirit Arena, concerts, they're being held there already. Mm -hmm. So the venues, the venues are there. Buddy Holly's fixing to open up again in 2020. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many venues that, that will be able to house concerts, uh, rodeos, basketball games. Uh, why do we, short answer, no, I can't, I can't support yeah. Coliseum yeah. There's just no money. guarantee. There's a, there's going to be a use there for it in the future. And I hear people saying, "Well, you can't guarantee there's not." Well, no. But if I'm going to err, let it be on the on the on the safe side, because I can't come and ask people for twenty million dollar budget or or, or or a bond election, yeah. because people aren't going to vote for it. So who's going to pay for it? Yeah, I don't know. ADA <laughs> compliance. Have you have you been there? I did. I got a tour of it last week. Yes, sir. You saw the ramp. How steep that ramp is? Yeah, going to the auditorium. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Try to navigate a wheelchair down I know. that ramp. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how you could get up. And then, of course, there's no elevators. No elevators. We all know those are no elevators. Very expensive. Yeah. You know, the list of needs to get it into compliance mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I just, no, my answer, I, I, I can't support it. I won't Yeah. because of the, the, the money laws. For sure. And then something else I wanted to ask you while you were here, um, again, talking about downtown, it seems like the big, you know, when I talk with business owners, everyone wants to talk about the downtown TIF or the proposed TIF. I mean, what are you telling business owners and are you, are you in, uh, no, the TIF or the Not PID. The, the, the PID, excuse the me, PID. the public improvement district. Yes. Yeah. Not the TIF, excuse no. me. Um, I mean, is that something you're in favor of? What are you hearing? What are you telling business owners? I, I am saying I am telling the business owners I'll vote with for whatever the consensus is. My concern is the res- residential areas that are inside the PID, and I'm asking carve them out. Okay, that's what I'm asking for. Carve them out. They're not a part of the downtown area. You know, Mr. Smith Jones or whomever. Yeah, they they shouldn't have to be taxed. Because they're not part of the, they're not, they're not part of the downtown area. Mm-hmm. They stand to benefit nothing from it. I've met with Mr. McDougall, and I've asked him carve them out. So that's being considered. Okay. If 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 the if the people down the businesses downtown, I believe it's got to be a fifty one percent vote. They're voting themselves a, an increase in their property taxes, not the city. This is self imposed. So if you want to impose yourself. A proper uh, a tax levy on yourself, more power to you. Mm-hmm. There'll there'll be some regulations set there as to what you can do to the facade, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That's it, it, if if you vote for it, more power to you. Mm-hmm. I want to keep the downtown area, the facade, the the, the Crest Building, for example. Mm-hmm. That's great. Whatever you do inside, but the old Crest logo on the front stays there. The the. Raker dikes, all the buildings that they've purchased, they've rehabbed. It's it, it's great for the downtown area, mm-hmm. and we're the. I, I get complaints about the brick streets. It's historical. My grandfather helped do some of that brick laying years ago. So wait, keep it nostalgic, nostalgia. Yeah, very good, Councilman. I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, anything we didn't get to, or any. Anything you want to say to the voters ahead of the election? Any well, kind of- very important that they get out to vote. If you don't vote, you don't have a complaint. But yet I do give an audience, even though they didn't vote, I'd still give an audience to the people out there because everybody needs a voice downtown. Mm-hmm. And that's me without, uh, man, without asking. Well, I need to ask. I'm here. <laughs> you, I, I need your vote. I need, I need the people's support. Don't become complacent and think, well, he's got the race won because he is the incumbent. That's not what it's about. Show your support and show your support by getting out there and voting for Juan Chaitis. Mm-hmm. Very good. Councilman, I appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, man. Mm-hmm.